0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Da-da-da-da, da-da-da Da-da-da-da, da-da-da, I have to unmute my Skype for my Block talk radio <laughs> The Divine All-Blessed Peace and love, joy and prosperity, revelations and manifestations. You are now listening live to The Divine Prince, Pan-African spiritualist, practitioner, author, and advisor, Elagun Oloye Hudu Obeya Bokur, sharing with you in all themes, spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a pan-African hoodoo, world spiritualist perspective, understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing if you can just see beyond the veils, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, reverberation, Reiteration, and it is my personal, ever-living reality. All is a blessing. It's crucial to the very foundation of my inner standing, my personal being, my personal walk, works, and demonstration along this divine all, blessed life, path, and journey. It is how I, the divine prince, make sense out of all that we are challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother, Father, Earth, and it is my personal place of power and the place from where I begin, the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine, all-blessed reality. And so it is, Ashe. Ashe, Ashe, today is Friday April 3rd, 2020, and I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum universally, from this working temple of the House of the Divine Prince, High Potion, and Hoodoo Central LLC. All is truly and indeed a blessing in this beautiful, legendary, most enchanted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana, the land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this hoodoo voodoo obey a life path and journey. Passing down the great OBS Stick along with the knowledge of the life-giving, healing, plants, herbs, rituals, spirits, and minerals. I'm always humbled, honored, appreciative by those who do choose to join me here at High Noon US Central Standard Time. In the middle of your day whatever time of day it is where you are at this very moment i most certainly do appreciate your active participation in the conversation you can call me now at area code 347-215-8967 again you can call me now but you can always call me 15 minutes from from the 15 minutes of the hour to uh noon you can all start calling in Uh, Before the noon hour, when I call in at 11.45, I often play music. So you can listen to my voodoo music going into the show. And, of course, those who stayed on the phone lines past uh, past 1.50 um, have heard me play music and meditative music after the show as well. But you can call in now. This is your live mic. This is your opportunity to voice your truth. At area code 347-215-8967. I think I just read my old number. No, my number is area code 845-277-9143. Area code
0: 845-277-9143.
1: I'm going to come to the phone lines momentarily. Area code 305, hand is raised. Area code 347, hand is raised. And I most certainly do appreciate you and your active participation in the show. Um, I do want to set a little bit of a a foundation before we move forward um, in terms of subject matter, energy, vibration of the day. Um, And of course, we always start by acknowledging the mighty shoulders of which we stand upon, our great ancestors. But without them, we would not have our very being, not just our being capital B, capital E, hyphen, lowercase ing, but our being, our physical being, our humanity, if you will. And I want to talk a little bit today about humanity in, in relation to racism, white supremacy, prejudice. And let me be clear, it's not going to be like you've heard it before. It's not going to come from the same uh, megaphone. That you've heard it shouted from before. I want to talk about that which we overlook, that which we deny, that which we, we don't see, that which has gone underground. And indeed, we don't live in a in a day of active uh, cross burnings and, and 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 hangings and lynchings. But indeed, we live in a day of, of of subtle subtle white supremacy. My mama used to say if looks could kill if looks could kill so you might not be called nigger to your face you might not be insulted directly out in plain english but white supremacy and racism and entitlement and prejudice and bias which crosses all ethnic groups by the way i'm not a proponent of black people can't be racist i'm not a proponent of that racism is a power that extends beyond humanity itself. It's a gen. It's a demon. It's a it's an energy attachment for which we are programmed to, for which attaches to us by way of exposure. Sometimes it comes through your environment, your your parenting, your your neighborhood, you, the conversation held at the Thanksgiving Day table, the Christmas uh, uh, Day table within the confines of your community. But we also get it from the media. We get it from our music. We get it from our, our, our news publications and our popularized magazines and, and, and from our movies. It, it is a subtle dimensional presence that sometimes even when you're not racist or I'm not racist or you're not seeking to be uh, prejudiced, or I'm not seeking to be prejudiced. It's in the air. It's in the environment, much like a bacterium, much like a virus. And so it's something that we must be consciously aware of. So before I open my phone lines, I, I want to say first, first, who do occultism, again, responding to your question, first, to compare combat white supremacy, to combat racism, to combat prejudice, first got to look at yourself. Always, always you have to stand at the crossroads, in the center of the crossroads and look at yourself. Be sure that when you say you're not in it, you're not of it. Be sure that when you say you're here to stamp out racism, you're here to block and, and eliminate white supremacy, and oppression, be sure that it's not being birthed in you. Be sure that it's not being born, created, and recreated in you. Listen, it's touched everybody. It's a virus that has touched everyone. So if you have not chosen to remove the virus, heal the virus, attend to your demonstration within that virus, it lives on. It lives on for another day. Uh, let, let me go to my phone line. Um, mm-hmm. Erico, 347, mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. mic is now open. Oh, no. Please mute your five oh, no. so that we don't get your background noise. And tell us who you are and okay. where you call from.
2: Hello. How are you? All of the my microphone. name is Davina Badry, and I'm calling you from New York City. Yes, beloved. How can I help? Well, I've been listening to you for a few days now, and I feel very, very connected to you. Um, and I needed a little bit of enlightenment, and um, I need a little bit of guidance because right now, or for the past, how to say, my entire life has been, from birth to now, has been um, all over the place. In terms of life experiences Spiritual experiences The whole 30 years I've been alive Has just been in shandles. It's just been all over the place And I'm finally sitting here And every time I go through an obstacle Or something in my life I would be called to a different spiritual path In terms of the one I was raised in I was raised in a Hindu background And I started being called into the ancestral African background, and now I'm just trying to, like, um, figure out where I stand and what should I do from here on moving forward because I do meditate and chant a lot, and I've been chanting in all the spiritual backgrounds lately, and I just need a little bit of guidance.
1: Um, I appreciate you calling in, absolutely. And where are you calling from? New York City new york city grateful grateful that you took the time out to call in and participate in the show. The question that you have is it's a common one it's one that we often address um, almost daily on the show. so to some of my regular listeners, my long term listeners it, it sort of sounds like I'm repeating myself to the new listener um I say it with clarity again. First, you got to look at self. First, get clear about yourself. Get clear about your identity. Get clear about who you are. Get clear about what you're standing up in. Your truth. Be sure you're standing in your truth. I also uh, strongly suggest that you further investigate your DNA, your lineage, your family background. One part doesn't override the other part. Though we sort of act that way in the West, uh, particularly when we speak in terms of race, racism, ethnicity, uh, we sort of blur that all together and we say black and white, particularly in the US. And and, and in that conversation, we neglect other ethnic groups and other ethnic presences that also make up, you know, this This unified mess that we call America, even when we extend out to other continents, um, we see a generalized focus on the main group, the group that holds the power so don 't neglect your Hindu ethnicity if indeed you, you have a Hindu ethnic background, while at the same time acknowledging that which is African. Um, Many don't realize that the largest body of African people, the largest population of African people outside the continent of Africa are actually in India. Um, and we do see Hindu symbolism now being painted and portrayed and demonstrated on actual wooden temple space in, in Benin, Togo, um, and, and many areas of, of West Africa. So there's a unified... Uh, ancestral link there. Um, They don't necessarily conflict with each other, challenge each other, but we get clear about our understanding about various aspects of ourselves. We all are many people. We all can be good. We can be bad. We can be positive. We can be negative. We're all many people. Um, So get clear about you. Examine all aspects of you. And so feed all that you are. Um, I acknowledge that which is Asiatic about me. I acknowledge that which is Afrocentric about me. I I acknowledge that which is indigenous uh, uh, about me. And it is indeed a part of your spirit walk and getting clarity, if you will, about who you are. Um, Find those obituaries, ask for them. You know, you don't necessarily have to tell your family you know, that you're setting up a shrine or an altar uh, necessarily for, for your ancestors, but ask for them, be available to them. Uh, sometimes, you know, people don't go to the funerals, or they don't go to the repast. but ask your mom or your family members to bring you back an obituary, gain access to pictures, connect to the older people in your family who have access uh, to these sources, uh, and then bring them into a part of your getting clear about who you are. And that's part of what I do in my ancestral work in divination um, to help people to incorporate that knowledge, that information um, into their spirit while into their spirit practice. Third code 305, who's calling and where are you calling from? Your mic is open.
3: This is Andrea from Miami.
1: Yes, beloved, speak up for me. What's going on?
3: And Andrea from Miami, I have a question. um I had an issue at work yesterday, and it was with my supervisor, and I wanted to know um like the vibe like how can I protect myself at work because I was wearing a um a fadi a fatima um hand, and recently it just broke on me, and I felt like that was something that was you know you know giving me protection at work, so when it broke. I felt like a lot of things went left for me. Is there anything else being that everything is like closed right now that I could possibly use for protection at work from all the evilness that comes against me?
1: First, you need to be prepared to move forward. You're getting a series of signs, a series of of warnings, a series of alerts about you taking more seriously your destiny, your personal Uh life destiny. And then how you live, how you earn your income, your career path. Um, Your time is limited there. You're there for a season. Um, And I don't know the exact number of days or number of months or or, or number of years, but, but there's a transition that you're being pushed towards that you must take leadership over um, that carries you forward into the future. Now, Now, right now, terms of moving and mobility and and that kind of thing. Um, I've had to say before here on air, as well as in my readings, that I've had to greatly adjust my timeline uh, because no one knows what's happening right now to any great degree. Um, It's sort of segmented by location, caller in in New York, Um, and and of course, I'm in New Orleans and and of course, we have audience members in other locations, but we really aren't clear yet about 30 days sixty days, ninety days out in terms of, of real world physical movement for sure. But there's a literal I'm sorry, real world literal movement, but there's a figurative movement that's on the table as it relates to your career. And and you're being pushed to evolve. You're you're being pushed to, to grow. You're being pushed to not get comfortable where you are and, and there's star quality there. So this push from destiny, is not just to make you uncomfortable, but it's really mm-hmm. to take you to a greater level, a, a greater plateau, if you will, as it relates to your career, your education, how you earn your living. And then of course, uh, personal life path choice are also attached to that. And for those listening, when I say personal life path choice, you know, often what you do, how much money you make, really affects your life. You know, the hourly wage job, particularly at the lower end of the spectrum, might be feel limited, might feel boxed in, might might feel caged, or, or might feel like they have to live on a the budget, they have to pinch pennies, you know, they have to live within their means, this sort of thing. And then the person who might be doing what they love, but also making a great deal more more income, more resources to sort of fuel that is going to feel a great deal differently about how they live, how they spend, how they plan for uh, the future. Some of you already had a full of toilet paper. Some of you already had, you know, cabinets full of food because you prepared for life or you prepared for the next hurricane season or you prepared for the next tornado season. But when we're talking really about Spirit elevation, which, beloved, does include job and career. Because often when we do work, any kind of work, any kind of elbow, make any kind of sacrifice, perform any kind of ritual, often it is going to show up in career, education, how you earn your living, and then personal life path choices first. So God, destiny, the goddess. Uh, However you view the the, the creator, the divine creator, the the ultimate ones who are in charge, they rule right and motivate destiny. And so destiny is what's happening right here. It's not about about your personal comfort zone other than they want to bruise your personal comfort zone enough to get you to move around, to get you to make another decision, to get you to, to make another move. And, and there's great value attached to it, both literally and figuratively. Carnally, money, your stuff, your credit, you know, your housing, but at a deeper level, class, status, lifestyle, family value. So be open to the buffering, beloved. Be open to the push. And if you're not clear about it, do your homework, do some research, use your imagination. Back in the day when I was, In my past life, when I punched the clock, left my house to work, did something outside of ministry, um, I never took a job without the idea that the day is going to come that I'm going to quit, fired, or this place is going to close down, or or I'm going to have to make that transition. What do I do? Where do I go? So I was always looking at the next location, the next employer, the next city, uh, the next uh, hot Spot, if you will, for opportunity, and this resonates that for me. It, it resonates that. Uh, and callers, you don't have to hang up. Just mute yourself so that I don't get your background noise, um, and then I'll always come back to you again at some later point in the conversation if you have other questions and or comments. I'm um, Erico three two three. I believe that's Kiona, beloved. Greetings,
0: greetings, greetings.
1: How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm, I really am. Always a blessing.
3: I wanted to um, chime in on the topic on white supremacy. A lot of people are run running frantic regarding the idea of a recession and the virus. This virus is horrible because over 53,000 people have passed on, and we understand that. However, this virus is leveling the playing field. It is letting everyone, including the people with these millions and billions of dollars, be at eye level with the rest of humanity. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot of suicides. It's going to be a lot of confusion. It's going to be a lot of pushback. Because a recession, all that means is everything is cheaper.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Everything Mm -hmm. is cheaper. That's all a recession. Oh, oh, look, it means that they gone. cannot charge you a high cost. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So it levels the playing
3: field, where the person who needs to get ahead can get ahead. The person that mm-hmm. may need to move can move because they've had to lower the rent to mm-hmm. record-breaking levels. Mm-hmm. So that's all that means is that the capitalism is at eye level with the regular working class people. So instead of people who, who are already struggling, who were, who were never being paid enough to be their neighbor to their, to their employer, don't sit back and relax. Figure out what you need to do to start your business. Figure out your calling. Get with get the with divine prince. See what spirit is saying about your destiny. Get on the right path to where once everything comes back up and that seesaw is no longer balanced, then you are at the higher end of it, that you're able to l- not struggle, that you're able to leave for generations. And that's just my two cents.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and I appreciate you for sort of bringing us back uh, into line, into focus. Um, th- this time, this season, this weather we are in, this is a spiritual move. Now, you can call it a virus. Absolutely. I'm not trying to use deceptive language. I'm not trying to use tricky language. But this is a spiritual move. Me and my sister wife, Val Martinez, some of you know her from Facebook, um, we talk about this almost every day. God has life, has society on a timeout. And and like Keona said, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you live in the suburbs, whether you live in the country. You know, the rural areas, the, the city, God has us, nature has us, nature has us, on a spiritual timeout. And no one can box with Mother Nature. No one. No one. Mother Nature is almost, it's not just as powerful as her creator, which is God. God created Mother Nature. But Mother Nature is going to have her way. Mother Nature is going to bring rebalance renewal refreshment to herself by any means necessary and we've gotten too many cues damaging the water damaging the air oil spills in, in the last 20 years um war, rumors of war in the last 20 years i mean we've really ex- who we are, what we are. I heard you sort of reference, uh, beloved, the stress of it all. And we predicted that in shows leading up to today's show that, you know, the news is just breaking. The news is just settling in. Some of you all are just getting it. Some of you don't watch TV, don't watch the news, claim you don't read newspapers, claim you don't Interact a whole lot in social media, and you don't hear stuff. i got a cousin like that. She swear she don't know nothing that's ever going on ever at any time. You will not be able to be in denial now, moving forward. If the reality hasn't set in for you yet, it's just a matter of hours. It's just a matter of days. This is starting to hit home, even in my own family, family, in-laws, this part of the extended family, that part of the extended family, local celebrities, world-renowned musicians like Ellis Marcellus and many others, this is now beginning to settle in in a very real way. And And when your system, your government, your president says, this is going to be a tough two weeks, this is going to be a tough two weeks. By which I don't, you know, trust much of what he says anyway. I typically think the, wor- the worst or the opposite of what he affirms in public when he stands up to that mic. So that means it's either going to be worse than we're being told or it's not going to happen at all. And we know it's the, the, the possibility of it not happening is too late. We are, we are already in this, uh, up to our neck. People are walking around with this and don't know they have it, are not experiencing any symptoms. People are carrying this and not experiencing any symptoms for 14 days, two weeks, you know, three weeks. So the notion of of people being under pressure, being stressed, uh, getting bored with staying at home, with with staying in place, um, people's real constitution is now visible. Visible, Not just for us to see, but, but for yourself to see. If, if you choose to see yourself, I often use athletes and, and military personnel as an example of how we can
2: choose
1: to take challenge, pain, you know, and, and use it to our best interest. The, the athlete pushes themselves to a particular limit by choice in order to develop, mature, you know, grow to the next level. In the military, it's it's a similar thing where they sort of break you down from your whole individual way of looking at things so that you can learn the system and how to be a part of of that mechanism. But but then there's this whole thing that happens in social media, in in the real world, in your neighborhoods, in your schools, in your churches, where it's all just so subtle now thank god this is in 1950 thank the most high this is in 1932 you know we are indeed living in an advanced time a new time but don't be in denial the, the issues the problems the complications are just beneath the surface and it often takes times like this to bring that up for that black city and to work that truth to the surface so that it can be addressed, so that light can be shined on it. We've been advised, you know, it's been advised, suggested that, you know, we take this time to be active in social media, to try new things, to, to, to look into new resources, you know, with our, our newfound downtime, for lack of better words. Um, and one of the sites that I've actually been on for quite some time, many of you are familiar with it, I've invited many of you to participate in it. I can remember a day a time when you looked over the fence. When you communicated over the fence, you gossiped over the fence with your neighbors about what was going on in the community, what was happening, you know, what the latest news was, you know who, who was the most recent you know, person or family you know to have their house or, or their property? you know, violated, and and families and husbands and housewives, you know, communicated that across the fence. And today it's being done on this little site called Nextdoor. Nextdoor. N-E-X-T-D-O-O-R. Nextdoor. And I've been on Nextdoor for a few years. I don't participate, comment a lot, on Nextdoor, I'm even learning not to click the like button or the thumbs up button uh, or, or, the, or the plus one button, which is like a vote for, for the comment um, in that site, because I'm realizing it's a hotbed of white supremacy, racism, prejudice, entitlement, and just general overall bitching and complaining and moaning about the next sex or the next ethnic group or the next race or the next person that is is seen or identified as a problem. And let me be clear, I don't post a lot on this site at all, if ever really. I'm more apt to click like to someone's comment or click like to a post. And I first noticed that, much like in Facebook, um, in Facebook you can kind of see who's liking, who clicked the heart. Um, right now, at the top of my head. I'm not even sure if that's visible in, in Nextdoor in quite that way. Uh, but I began to notice that I would click like on things, partic- participate in things, pay with party, um, and people would block me. Now, I do that in Facebook, you know, when, when you step into a, a, a volatile conversation and, and people have really fallen off the rails um, and, and they're insulting each other and, and they're going there. And so people's real constitution, you know, whether it be racism or prejudices or biases, are, are, are just out there. There's this sense of anonymity that people have online, and particularly in groups like Nextdoor. And I went on to do a little homework, to do a little research, um, and found out that Nextdoor has sort of a reputation for this. Um, This is not a new thing for for Nextdoor to be a a site that sort of harbors, to some degree promotes, um, and gives people sort of a feeling that they can throw rocks and hide their hands that they can assault and attack. Today was the first time that I have ever been assaulted on on the site. Um, And and let me tell you what it was about. So people are often on their posts in the lost cat, the lost dog. Um, They don't like the gutter punks. They don't like to see groups of, of black youth congregating or walking through or biking through. And so often you get those kind of posts. You know, black male, 5'10", walking through the neighborhood, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Um, And sometimes it gets a little more overt in terms of people's feelings and ideas. But what's behind the scenes is, you know, the communication is going on, but then when I comment or a black person comments, no matter how positive the comment, there are no whites. There's no support of that comment. There's no interaction. So today, I don't know, today I get up, I'm getting my alerts in my phone and on my desktop about next door and it's an ongoing post about possum. Someone has a possum in her building. I believe she's a landlord. It's in a building or a house. I'm not sure which. And she was trying to get rid of it or remove it. My response was, Um, and, And this is a true, what I'm about to say is true. My response was, well, we've been discussing how to catch a possum and eat and cook one, particularly in the events that are going on today.
2: Oh, my God,
1: what did I say that for? Let me tell you, for the first time I'm getting responded to, for the first time people can like and sum up and sum down and have some kind of response to my humanity. Okay, but it ain't to my humanity. <laughs> it's to the life of the possum. And so now the the originator of the post claims she's being getting threatening, you know, messages from PETA and, and other animal rights groups, which I find interesting. If it is true, no one has sent me any. Peter ain't threatened me. No one has has responded in that way to what I said, which was, if if it comes down to that, if we get desperate enough, you absolutely will be eating possum. You'll be eating possum. You'll be eating coon. You'll be eating pigeon. You'll be eating duck. You'll be eating dove. You'll be eating squirrel. Okay, one more delivery, y'all. Now I understand nobody wants to say like that. No one wants to see that no one wants to even allow the car that we even uh
0: that what that's kind of but in reality and, and it will. And, if you don't it, and if, if, if some
1: of you all don't learn to stay home, to stay home, many are still acting like nothing's happening. Like this is what big deal, like this a tornado or a storm that blows over, you know, in 24 hours, 48 hours, at the worst, 78, 78 hours. And if you haven't figured out yet, this is real. you know I got a blue in my head. This is real. This is gotten
0: real.
4: And
1: there just might come a time when there won't be no police. There just might come a time when there won't be no Walmart. There just come a time when there just might come a time when there won't be Amazon for all this convenience and luxury that we in the West have grown accustomed to and so a few days ago we talked about what was coming and i said people will get bored people I, i'm gonna I'm a respond to you upon me give me a second people will get bored people will run out of things to do people will run out of ideals and things to focus on and they're real con- and, and 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 racism today you know because We have mixed marriages. We have biracial children. I have them within my own family. Um, So we have sort of this look of diversity. We, we, We sort of have this look of, you know, we're all sort of coming together. But I know even from within the mixed marriages within my family, they're very sensitive to and see it in terms of how people are responding to them racially. Racially, So, let's talk about white supremacy, uh, who do occultism. Let's talk about white supremacy and racism, and particularly in the context of today, of today. It's already been suggested by our media that the lower the income, the further removed uh, from, from the city, from the source, if you will, people are dying. People are getting sick. People are not having access to the resources that they need. Greetings, one Wapani. One Wapani, that's my baby sister, y'all. One Wapani. Have I noticed that during this virus, a level of racism has touched me that wasn't there before? Yes. Normally, welcoming people are now giving me a wider girth than a white person right next to me. I absolutely see that. I absolutely get that. I know just in Treme, just in the, 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 the gentrifying of Treme, people are much more concerned about the cat, the dog, the possum than they are about humanity. That doesn't mean that there aren't some Black people that, that get in on the conversation, that, that get in on, on these sites, that aren't a part, if you will, of, of that look of diversity. But let's be clear. Many of you, black, brown, red, are also carrying the seed of white supremacy in terms of how you treat and respond to the next person of color. I experience racism every day from black people who cannot, will not, choose not to understand a person of color who is knowing themselves, growing in knowledge about themselves, who chooses a more ethnic demonstration, the suit and tie would be acceptable. You know, I, I could still be the suit and tie 50 going to the church, playing your gospel music, uh, keeping your prosperity ministries going, and that would be acceptable to many of you. That, that would be acceptable. I remember when I began dreading my hair, 30 years ago. Man, you talk about overt racism, Wapani. You talk about people's opinions about coming to the surface. And so I've noticed today, even on next door, I can't post positive affirmations. I can't say peace and blessings. That is ignored. That is not responded to. And I see the same thing here on YouTube, people who listen every day, but never click like, never become a follower of your show, never help to to show some outward demonstration um, that they even support or acknowledge your humanity. Um, So the racism that we didn't see before is absolutely coming to the surface. Um, People are counting those ventilators, people are counting lies, and those who are connected Those who have resources, those who are closest to the source are absolutely looking out for themselves first, for themselves first. Um, The aggression that I see displayed in social media today um, in response to just the most basic thing, the most innocent thing speaks to this problem, this, this virus this infection that, that exists just beneath the surface in our country that we still, even in 2020, refuse to get real about, refuse to get have a real conversation about, refuse to really speak to. Um, Keona, beloved, um, and uh, my caller at 3.05, your mic is open. Um, so if you have something to say, and if you have a question, please jump in. Also, my live chat Susan, comments and to ask my sister what she has done in all capital letters so that I can see it and um, speak to it here on air.
3: But I'm often reminded when I post things on social media and I don't get support, then I look through my feeds of Kiana, and I look through my feed, and I see the very thing that I posted is reposted by somebody that follows me but didn't even like my post. But they reposted it, and they get 100 likes. And I'm like, well, why not support? You know, why? But then I I remember it was a scripture. It was in Proverbs. And it was from wisdom. And wisdom was frustrated. And wisdom said that I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. I tried to warn you, and you didn't listen. But now, now that you need my help, now that everything is turned upside down, basically to paraphrase it, now you're calling it to me, and I will not answer to you. And I will hear you, and I will not. And I will not answer to you. As a matter of fact, wisdom said it's going to last because you didn't listen, you didn't take heed, you didn't support, you didn't. You didn't take a stand. You supported in in hiding. And 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 think, right now, I appreciate this moment.
1: Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. I appreciate this I, I
1: moment. It, I, I do too, beloved. I, I certainly do. I appreciate this moment. I, I appreciate this time. I appreciate this season That we are in right Because if you are of the right Absolutely beloved If you are of the right mindset You're going to do what's necessary To grow To develop To protect your future I
3: think that's 305's area code Because that's not me I apologize Because I had my own talk show before So I know what it's like And if they can mute their background Because they're having a sidebar conversation And it's interfering with the broadcast Because this is a live recording I got
1: it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Um, Growing our own food, having the availability of our own resources, Wapani, absolutely is something that if people have not taken it seriously before, you absolutely want to take it seriously now. And and let me go back to the the possum. You can't order ground beef on Walmart, Amazon.com, Whole Foods, you can't get online and get milk many days. You can't get online and get toilet paper many days. So the idea that, you know, we might not be faced with the reality of eating possum, if you know, um, again, I really believe that it was an opportunity for that hidden, tucked away, reserved racism that my sister Wapani just referenced for people to say, say shady things, to say things that are really truer to what they feel and believe all the time. And it's real easy to use the pressure of the moment, the the activity of the day, to say, oh, well, you know, everybody's having a hard time. Uh, The site even tried to suggest uh, everybody was stir-crazy, meaning me, that my post was about being stir-crazy. No, my post was about the reality that you might have to eat popcorn. The reality and the
3: reality is, and the reality is, and the reality is they kiss and possums in the mouth and laying beside them every day they they're nasty, not us
4: hello that came up in the
1: group. <laughs> that came up in the group- An- another neighbor and I'm being very polite because I'm not calling out anybody's username from next door but but I could I could um another neighbor jumped in and said just that 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 they had a possum baby possum. And and that it was cute and and that they're innocent and and, and that they owe us no harm. Now, now mind you, they're still on that PETA thing. And see, I have no beef with PETA. Just don't have a beef with me. If you choose to be vegan, if you choose to be vegetarian, if you choose to have a particular uh, platform, a particular position about animals, that's your business. But I'm talking about eating animals, and particularly in the context of a disaster. Let's be clear, I don't eat possum. I've probably eaten possum one time in my life, and I was probably a child or a teenager, and, and someone in, in the family would have cooked it. So so possum ain't on my top list of things to want to shout out on. But but if we're in a position where a Walmart truck thing rolling, the grocery stores ain't open, there's no availability of food, yeah, why not have that discussion? Me and Tony Val had that discussion the summer of Hurricane Katrina, and we talked about what if this storm that's coming, this predated Katrina, what if this storm that's coming, yes, who do a call in, you don't have to ask, please call in. Um, and you're talking about
3: possums Why does it can't be kept? If you get hungry enough, you might be on the menu. Right. A human. You're going to eat what they I talk am. about a
1: popsicle. That's right. You're gonna uh, eat what's available. Um, Erico 305, your hand is uh, raised. Did you have a question or comment? Erico 305. Okay. Um, who do a um Just call in. I don't. I don't see your number. So just call in if you have a question or a comment. Uh, yes, Kiona, uh, if we're in a desperate time, if we're under desperate measures, if food is, if, if toilet paper ain't available right now, what do you all think is going to happen if this gets worse? And, and, and your government keeps trying to, in, in the way that they do, suggest that we haven't seen the hardest of, of the two weeks yet. We haven't seen the hardest of this yet. So the, so the possibility that people are going to be thirsty and hungry and desperate is very real. It's very real. What does it re- require? A, a zombie apocalypse? Does it require bodies being on the street? Well, the reality is that we already there.
3: We already No, there. they're waiting on the
1: rapture. They're waiting on the so rapture. We don't have bodies on the street. But, but you already got trailers... They've Willis that they're now calling into these facilities just to stack the bodies up there in Keona. So the bodies are already.
0: You, heard.
1: Heard. you all just don't hear. In your mind, this is another Noah and a flood it's property, the and, and your eyes roll up in your head, and, and you just don't get it. You aren't paying attention to the fact that people are dying of this. And the world that we exist in or thought we exist in no longer exists. That world no longer exists. So, so the reality that, that we might hit very hard times is very real. My sister said now is the time to learn how to grow your own food. Even in school. And Bopani
3: has been saying that even before this.
1: Well, yes, people didn't want either. to listen.
3: They didn't want to hear about growing, growing it. They want to hear about organic, growing your own food. If that's the true organic, right there.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can put some vegetable plants in a window, in an apartment, and grow your own food. People have to begin. I got to say one more thing, time. and
3: I'm gonna jump in the shower. I'm still here. I got to say this Go one ahead. more thing, and they want to say. And I'm so sorry because that came off as rude, but I got to say this. They want to talk about possums and, and animal rights. It's not in our diet to eat meat anyway. They introduced that to us. That's why you have diabetes and hypertension, and we look like we're 20 or 30 years younger than what we are, but we're the sickest people walking this earth because we're not eating our true diet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our ancestors didn't come here uh, cutting the heads off of chicken to eat them and fry them. We had to do that for survival. So call a thing a thing. This is their yeah. world. We just helped build it.
1: And I mentioned that in the next in the next door chat, that there was a time mm-hmm. that we wouldn't have a choice but to eat food. And the very people who are threatening PETA, you know, had a hand in in creating the environment in which we had to do so. And so then they, they thought they could determine what we ate. And now they think they can determine what we eat. So some of you vegans and vegetarians think you are sort of a, a totalitarian, communistic uh, environment. And so you can determine what everybody eats. Well, people have a right to determine what they can eat. And whether I want to eat meat or not, choose to eat meat or not, is my right. It's my business. But the, but the context of the conversation was about distress, was about us not having a availability of food and resources and the reality that we could truly indeed wake up and see that, that time, that happening for us right here, right now. Um, it's an opportunity to be shady and throw side marks and cast stones. Uh, one of the respondents spoke about, well, you know, if you're desperate enough to eat a, a possum, you know, why not go to to the food pantry? Why not get a job? And even in that, it was implied that somehow people who need the food pantry, you know, don't have a job, <laughs> which you all know I have a job, clearly, um, or are somehow crazy. You know, and, and neither is true, not having a job or, or being desperate for food. I'm not desperate for food. The conversation was about the reality of the day and where we might be headed, where we might be going. If we don't wake up to this and, and stay our ass home and stay out the streets and the stores and, and all this other stuff that people are trying to do right now in the midst of this calamity. Call us, please. You've got me at 845 277 9143. 845 277 9143. When you're ready with your question, comment, or request, do press the number one on your telephone keypad. I will be more than happy to unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. If you've already spoken, I've already unmuted your mic. Your mic is open. So you can always mute your own mic so that we don't hear the background noise. And then when you are ready, with your new question, comment, or request, you can always jump back in to the conversation. Also invite your comments and requests in the live YouTube chat. Please type them in all capital letters so that I can see them with clarity um, I'm buffering just a little bit right now on YouTube. So I'll be forward momentarily. Just give me a moment to to get my YouTube Live reconnected. That's why I strongly suggest people be on both the phone and the uh, internet at the same time because those who are on the phone hear me, hear me explaining what's going on. Uh, those of you who are in YouTube only I'm not hearing half of what I'm saying <laughs> while the buffering is happening. So my sister finally but Can I say something while you do
3: happening.
1: that? Yeah, go ahead.
3: Our world in America, based off of my understanding, is based off of, is for entrepreneurs to win. It's for entrepreneurs to yeah. win. Benjamin Franklin was never a president. Benjamin Franklin is on the money, but he was never a president. He was the first self-made millionaire. So, therefore, once we realize this thing called currency and how to move it around and what the old folks say, if you can't beat them, join them. Once we realize that in this moment, then we get to see what they, what they classify as winning looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. So, in mm-hmm. this
3: moment, I think everybody should listen to what you're saying to get their ancestry yes. reports done, to hear what spirit is saying, because spirit, everything happens in spirit first.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I like so spirit, how you I, said, not
1: And I like how you said currency, because we have a warped sense of value and what value is. Value is not just the dollar. In fact, if you understand money and, and financial, uh, uh, issues. Our piece of paper is worth very little. Um, some people are looking for the gold that's supposed to be in Fort Knox and it's supposed to be backing this dollar, um, and are suggesting that that gold is not even there. That that America has long uh, subceded that that goal and those revenues. So we have to change how we view value. It's not just your paper money, it's not just your, your credit card, which is another illusion, if you will, of value. You your credit we have to value our intellectual property. We have to value our our artistic skills. We have to value other things that also carry weight and produce resources and revenues for us, um, in this culture. This culture is about capitalism. Right you said, Keone, you said entrepreneurship, but but that's capitalism. Money before all things, making the sale before anything, making a profit even over humanity. That's the, the world that we exist in. But the idea of value being just about money is where uh, lower income, and lesser education just to goals. Goals.
3: This what I gotta deal with um,
1: we've got to value that time, time. Yeah. we've got to value we've got to value our skills and our ability. We've got to value our money. Uh, I know me as an adult, I first heard the phraseology and in intellectual property um probably around two thousand and five, two thousand and six. Uh, that concept was, was new to me, as it is to many people. Um, what we say is intellectual property. What we write, intellectual property. And then how we protect that. Uh, some of you are not protecting your intellectual property. I've had to learn all these lessons as a self-employed person, as a person in the, in the business of, of ministry and religion and spirituality. I had to learn all that the hard way. I had to learn it from other people. I had to learn it here on online. Um, um, I had to research it. I I had to have people explain it to me. I had to watch videos that, you know, went into detail about what it is and how, and how that works. Um, I know people personally who hold on to the dollar, only shop retail, uh, resale, what's on sale, um, what's free. You know what's been given away, uh, and still never have any money. Still never managed to save a dollar or two. Never managed to move beyond our our predicament. Um, that was showcased to some degree in, in in the TV series Good Times. So our whole idea about what money is, time is money. Everything that has a value exchange rate, exchange value attached to it. And we, particularly in our community, don't seem to always have that clarity. Um, Eric Cole, 314, who's calling and where are you calling from?
3: This is Wapani.
1: Hey, girlfriend. Can friend, you hear me? What's going
3: on?
1: Yeah, I can hear you.
3: Yeah, you were buffering, so I wanted to get in on the conversation. You were talking about uh, trademarking your intellectual property, and I remember you telling me specifically that that hashtag, Wapani, that's my name. It's my legal name, but if I don't trademark it, someone can steal it from right up under me, and then now I have to ask permission or pay someone else just to use my name.
1: And that name is everywhere. I Google upon it infrequently. It's everywhere.
3: Yeah, so even in other it, it it is. What are you saying?
1: I said even in other countries.
3: Yes. So while you were saying about the uh, intellectual property and and gaining ownership of that, we really have to put value on our and how we what we say how we articulate that and place a value on that because it even goes deeper than just the trademark if we don't start subscribing some type of value to what we say what we write what we put out there in the ether then we have no real motivation to curtail what we say and how we say it it's just so much deeper on a metaphysical level than just the finance financial backing of that it's it's even further than that I know you get what I'm saying
1: I do I do you know you know in my past life I was a vendor and so I crocheted kufis and dreadlock crowns and crocheted crystal bags you know and the like dip incense you know bottled body oil you know and and at that time um, I was robbing Peter to pay Paul you know I was making it from check to check. Um, and, and I did not value money and resources in the same way that I do today. Um, it was always a struggle to keep enough product to sell, product to sell. And some of you are not here to sell products. Some of you are here to sell a service or your knowledge or your awareness about something or, or your ability to describe or to speak to something. Um, and so slowly, I I still have incense, I still have oil, so you know, I, I still could be retelling that if I chose to do so. But I found out over time through experience that my knowledge, intellectual property, was of greater value. People really wanted to know what I thought, how I created that product, how I got to that place. People really wanted to know my story. And so for me, Going back to 2005, uh, the year that I, I um, say that I first really came out online. Um, I, I had an email address before 2005, but I never used MySpace or, or any other stuff that was happening online back then. I didn't even have a computer back then. So I, I count 2005 and Hurricane Katrina um, as my first coming out, buying a computer, being online, then becoming knowledgeable about this virtual world that we now are sort of inseparable from um, by way of our devices. And so the idea of intellectual property, the value of your knowledge, the value of what you know, the value of your ability to teach something, to share something, uh, to create something cannot be overstated. And particularly now, as we move deeper into 2020, really deeper into this decade, we almost forgot. We're starting a new decade. We're starting a new century, and we're starting it with calamity. We're starting it with this virus. And another way to look at it, separate from the virus, is we're starting anew. It's a new world. So we all have to do things differently, shop differently, be social differently, at least for right now. And any notion that we might have, like Rob Stone has suggested in the chat, that this is going to be done in two weeks or 30 days, is just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Right. It's going to take at least 90 days for them to really arrest this globally and get us back to, to a place where we can sort of walk around again uh, without any sense of what's out there. And of course, there's always the next pandemic, you know, Ebola or whatever that might be. But it's going to take us at least ninety days to find at least. Yes, yes. You um,
3: you were saying that this is a a new time anew, and I don't verbalize how I feel about the coronavirus and what it has done because my thoughts aren't very popular, <laughs> but. I always see something positive within the negative. And if people would just hold on to that vibration right now, this is a great time of rebirth, a great time of asserting creativity. What are you putting out there now that uh, that will remake you? Everything is being forced on you to remake you right now, staying at home, getting a better understanding of your family members, cleaning up those relationships. So I look at all those things behind the virus and not necessarily the devastation of it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I do as well. Um, It's a spirit time. God has us on time out. can grow spiritually, individually, but, of course, collectively. This will ultimately show up at the collective level in how we act and how we move around in society. Um, just think, you know, could we really be giving up handshaking? Could we really, which is a habit I never really liked anyway, um, grabbing folks' hands, particularly strange folks' hands. Um, that's always been sort of a dirty habit in, in our culture. Uh, but could we really now be faced with readdressing how we greet, how we connect? how we interact with one another. And, and it's absolutely, yes, we're already there. But my, my dream, my vision, is that we absolutely do come out of this immune. We absolutely do have an opportunity now for people to take this energy and transform it into something that's profitable, healing, uh, that's beneficial uh, to ourselves, but also to, to society. I've been saying for the last few days that people are writing books right now that are going to make them rich. People are, are preparing mm-hmm. stories right now within themselves that are going to make them well renowned, world renowned. You know, in 90 days, um, in in three months, or six months, or nine months. So
4: I hear you. This brother. is the time. <laughs>
1: this is the time to feed spirit. This is the time to play in the dirt, to play in the clay, to in the clay, to play in chalk, to to play with paint, to play with needle and thread, you know, to crochet, to build, if you will. Um, and of course, garden. Uh, this is the time to build your garden, plant your garden. If you are stuck at home, many of us are, are stay at home. Um, work in your garden, weed your garden, water your garden, you know, order some plants, uh, prepare for the future. And, and I like, Wapani, how you said, uh, prepare for longevity. Prepare for the long term. Yes. KO still with me. Yeah, absolutely.
3: No, I'm still um, here, you, you still- know, I got turned up a little no I'm here, I was just listening. Well, Pani never calls in, so I wanted to, you know, um be courteous and give her the floor. I didn't want to be overbearing. But um I'm just listening and it's good, good information and I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate to see the growth. I'm I'm passionate to see that everything, because I believe there's always a truth and a lie, and the magical book yeah. that we were raised on. I'm seeing some of it come to come to pass because it was written, and and yeah, yeah. and I'm seeing that that rapture doesn't exist. That we're looking at it, so it's not going to be some beam us up, Scotty moment. This is it right here. This is the end time, and we're
1: winning. I mean, everybody
3: that's awake, everybody's in tune. We're winning.
1: That's right. I even believe it's a, it's a renewing of the mind that can happen in a twinkling of an eye. It's a renewing of consciousness. And, and spirit, whether you call it the Holy Spirit or, 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 or some absolute universal spirit, um, has the ability to download information, literally download information that can change your view about yourself and your world within a moment. I have woken up from dreams. I have I have woken up from meditative state with a whole new understanding about certain things that I had looked at, have read, had studied many times before only to have that twinkling of an eye revelation. Um, some people even suggest that twinkling of an eye might be some sort of alien intervention. Uh, and that the mothership returns, if you will, and and, and they, rescue us, you know, from the ugliness of humanity. Um, to some degree, I don't know if many of you know this, but Farrakhan teaches that. Or at least he once did. Uh, would talk about some other ships uh, coming and this advanced extraterrestrial uh, 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 humanoid populace that would come and, and rescue a segment of, of species that have renewed them advancement to another level. So it's many ways to look at, you know, the stories in that magical book uh, and and, and figure out where the truth begins and the metaphor ends, where the symbolism begins, um, and and just the most basic common messages begin. Um, I like to look at the Bible in that way as well, Kiana, Um, but I also entertain... uh, the whole alien uh theorist concept um, i like the documentaries i believe my sister wapani watches them also um i like a lot of the yeah. content within those documentaries um because they speak to so many things not just quote unquote the aliens if you will but 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 my, our mind in the forming of our mind or the forming of humanity um, and how that is influenced by, of course, humanity itself. But then all these other mysterious forces, whether it be God or alien intervention, you know, or nature, um, it's just really interesting programming um, to watch and digest. And, and I invite you, during this time, if you haven't and you are familiar, get your Hulu up or your Netflix up. I'm not sure exactly which channel, Alien um the alien-based spirits programming comes on. Sometimes it's Discovery. Ancient
3: aliens. Ancient aliens. It comes on Hulu. Ancient aliens.
1: Yeah, ancient aliens. But I was trying to recall the uh, actual network. I think sometimes it's on History Channel. Sometimes wow. it's on Discovery Channel. Um, they kind of bounce History. around a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the idea But that. I want to
3: thank our spirit guides and, and ancestors for, for being in this moment with us and, and for protecting us and guiding us and for all of the spirits that chose to leave this moment so that we would so we could still stay here and serve humanity. And I was just reminded as you were speaking about the mark of the beast, where we will be under a one world government. This is happening right now. So they're running, yeah. buying toilet paper and all of that, and that is going to go bad after a while. The food, the milk, everything has an expiration date. So I will just um, repeat what Wapani said about growing your own because you're going to need to. Because if you don't get that mark of the beast, your money, your credit cards, your none of that's going to matter if you don't know how to it, know how to grow your own crops. Yeah, and how, how do know have we it?
1: Gonna... I'm sorry, go ahead, Wapani.
3: We already have it, but they're yeah. putting it in pets. But I'm saying because we're coming under a one world government right before our eyes, then you have you to go on your own cross you because
1: not- If you have a social security number, you, you already got the mark. If you have a credit card, you, you already got the mark. And, and I have had a personal in my personal life, been a bill collector. I, I used to work with CCC, um, collected Collection Agency. Um, you already got the mark. You're already in the system. You're already traceable in so many various locations that that most of us can't even handle it. And and that's why some people fear, you know, their privacy rights are being violated. Uh, They're looking at me through my computer. They're tracking me through my phone and my device. You know, um, we're absolutely living in, in that time, in that space. Rob Stone, I see your comments, beware the aliens. And I'm open to that discussion as well. Um, There are segments of our conscious community that not only fear alien intervention might be a negative thing moving forward, but but sort of talk about this reptilian presence, uh, if you will. I believe, and and sort of uh, foster that belief by some of the information that I've gotten from this alien, um, um, what's it called again, Wapani? Ancient
3: aliens, and I want to speak ancient on that, aliens, too,
1: because I yes. agree with Keona. Yeah, this ancient alien thing, I think that that if indeed there has been some alien intervention, Rob Stone, that it has everything to do with who we are today as humans, um, how do we evolve from our animal cells into our human cells so quickly, so quickly, Without very little signs, without very little footprints, we're still looking for the quote-unquote missing link. How does that happen? So it's not very hard, Rob, to imagine some sort of higher consciousness, whether it be God, whether it be aliens, some kind of higher consciousness getting involved in our world in order to create a place where humanity would evolve heaven forbid, to where we are today. Now, I'm sure the negatives weren't predicted and sort of pushing us from from our ape nature into our human nature. Uh, but the idea that we're not, you know, living in caves, and even that's challengeable because some say, you know, cave dwelling existed in the northern hemisphere. Others say that the humanoid science says that the humanoid was birthed and was created out of out of the belly of Africa Um, I I also believe the Hopi story that the world has been destroyed created and recreated at least four times so I'm also open to the idea that um, we went underground in in terms of of the cave story that we had to to find a place to dwell and exist that was not harmed or or, or or tampered with, you know, by the environment of that day in order for humanity to survive and to be where it is now. And so it's not very hard for me, uh, Rob, to envision aliens being involved in that process.
2: Can I interject?
1: Please.
3: Okay. Um, Keona was mentioning about uh you know, never forget the ancestors, our spirits um, everything points to a vibration. It's all about that higher vibration. So if it is, say, alien intervention, well, then they're on a certain vibration to reach us telepathically. you know the the saying is they they speak telepathically. you have to be on a higher vibration. The spirits, God. The ancestors They're all on a higher vibration So we have to get to the point Where we raise our vibration To even hear them Once we can hear them We can respond accordingly In this day and time
1: Now I agree with that But I also agree with Rob Stone Especially after I heard how you just Sort of laid that out Um, Some of the Uh, alien spirits suggest that we're sort of too optimistic about the present and and future alien intervention, and and that there may also, Rob and Wapani, be more than one race or more than one type of alien life form that's trying to interfere with us. And some might be trying to help us, trying to help us to evolve, they're trying to warn us, trying to protect us uh, from certain things. But there absolutely, uh, Rob, so might be aliens that are troubled, that are here to harm, that are not trying to help us to e- evolve uh, or, or move forward in, in some degree. Uh, even as a child, I often wondered if... Um, the fallen angels and and then this disgruntled this set of aliens might have some relationship you know in the bible the fallen angels are described as you know going against god having the power of the, of the angelic host but then under the leadership of, of lucifer um develop an ego for lack of better words and, and so now they feel some kind of way about humanity Um, According to the biblical, Judaic, and and Quranic story, that the angelic host may feel some kind of way about God breathing spirit and divinity into humans. Uh, The Bible even goes as far as to say, Lucifer made a comment to the effect of, you know, I'll never acknowledge humans. I'll never bow down and worship the humans. I'll never acknowledge the God in you, or the God that that the God that He has placed it has placed inside humanity. So could that be Rob, the disgruntled angelic host, this disgruntled this alien uh, nation who has a problem with humanity being what it is, who has a problem with humanity utilizing its and its knowledge and its power in the way that we often do right now, which which is not very good. Uh, We have the ability right now to destroy all humanity several times over, whether it's with a disease, consciously, whether it's with a bomb, nuclear power, you know, atomic power. We have the ability to harm ourselves several times over. And I, I compare that to spirit power. Some of you are not mature enough to handle that kind of endura, bewitch, samantha type power. because you're too much in your feelings. you would you would desecrate all your enemies. You would desecrate anyone who's ever done you harm. You would kill anyone who looked at you sideways. You would vaporize the you know the other woman, the other man. We're, we're just not as, as, as humanity as a whole, just not that mature. So, so I also can see God, the goddess, or, or some sort of alien intervention trying to sort of push and pull at humanity just to keep us from harming ourselves, just, just to keep from wiping our own selves off the planet. Um, area code 318, I am opening your mic. Greetings. Please tell us who you are and where you're calling from. Area code 318. Area code 318. Your hand is raised. You pressed the number one, so I assume you have a comment or a question.
4: Hello. This hoodoo Occultism. How are you doing today?
1: Always a blessing, beloved. Thank you so much for calling in and being a part of the show.
4: Um. On the white supremacy, um. Like my teacher, Dr. Africa, um, spoke about in this lecture, um, these people, I mean, the things that you're going through is on the uh, next door, it's, you know, like them, it, it's it's no surprise. These people are the same people who actually knock the nose off the causing your people with syphilis. Tear down Black Wall Street for no reason. Put you in slavery for 400 years. I mean, these people have lost their minds. It's like they have lost their mind. I I mean, and I'm tired of it. You know what I mean? And it's hard for me to live with every day knowing that we can't live the, the potential that we want to because we have a very big obstacle in our way. Um, Can I respond? Can I respond?
1: Can I respond? Yeah, yeah. Because you're yeah. saying a, you're saying a lot, and 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 if you force me to hold it into my memory, I'm I'm gonna forget each piece of what you just said that I want to respond to. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna start in reverse and then work my way back to the to the beginning of what you said. Um, we absolutely have an opportunity. To adjust, to change our reality, both black and mm-hmm. white. Um, black people have an opportunity to, to better themselves, to educate themselves, to, to, to um, protest and, and reject white supremacy in the system as it is. But so too do white people also have the opportunity to protest, to educate themselves to act in a way that alleviates the problem that, that addresses, you know, white supremacy, racism, the, the toxic residue of that and how it now shows up. Um, I don't know if you heard me say before you called in a little bit earlier in the show that in addressing it, we first got to address ourselves. No matter what mm-hmm. your color is, no matter what your ethnicity is, because that that planted and programmed and planted into every aspect of society, so we all have some of it in some way. And if we don't choose to address it within ourselves, within our own behaviors, within our own activities, then we are just as guilty as as the orchestrators of of this system itself. Um, and you hear me say mm-hmm. this system, white supremacy as opposed to to what I heard you say, these people, because it's hard to pinpoint who these people are. I hear it said that, Mm -hmm. well, black people can't be racist because we don't control power or we don't own anything or or we don't, you know, have the ability to to block other ethnic groups from progressing. Well, that's not entirely true. And we absolutely have the ability to block ourselves and each other from progress. From, from and that's why I said we have to confront first the white supremacy, the racism in our own behavior. And so the response mm-hmm. to the white supremacy is not therefore for us to be racist or for us yeah. to then take on a supremacist position, but for us to address mm-hmm. that organically and honestly, h- how it shows up for us and in us, because it shows up differently for everybody. It don't quite show up mm-hmm. the same for my Creole friend who grew up a little bit privileged, you know, uh, out in a rural area of Louisiana um, and, and and didn't necessarily have to deal with what we deal with in the city, you know, or in the county, you know, or in the bayou or, or in the barrio. Um, so, first, we have to look at our own behavior, our own activities. The second thing is, mm-hmm. beloved, who do a cultism, I described it as a demon. I described it as a gem. I described it as the curse. If there is a, a curse of Ham, that is the curse. So the spirit, the power, the demon that fuels racism. It, it, it's taught. It's passed down. It's reinforced through symbolism, through archaeology, through history, through media at, at, at every level. But it's elusive. You know, it's not always Archie Bunker pointing his finger in your face calling you nigger or boy. Particularly today in 2020, Um, it's much more subtle. And so you might have black and white and Asian and Hispanic together in a Walmart or in a particular uh, uh, industry or in a particular office space. But then that racism, that prejudice that bias that's been inflamed in us at the very seed level for the time you come out the womb, that then is when that shows up. And it shows up in a hidden, shady, very few people come out and speak their truth. Which is another thing I, i like to point out about next door. I also see it not only as hateful, bias, prejudice, gossipy, uh, as a site, but I also find it to be a site for people who otherwise feel they don't have a voice, don't have a platform, cannot, will not call you negative or fake face in public, but will get behind the, the sort of illusion of anonymity behind their computer screen and then will say all kind of shady, hateful, negative stuff. So that's the kind of racism I'm trying to confront right now. Um am I called nigger every day? No. No. Mm-hmm. But it but it's that idea that I'm somehow less than not as important as. You know, I walk up to the to the checkout counter and, and this happens to me a lot. Um they don't see me. They don't see me at all. And, and I stand there quietly. Don't say a word. My hand, And they'll help the person behind me, two people behind me, the next person that walks up in front of me. And I catch myself saying rather infrequently, um, am I invisible? Am I a piece of glass? Hold on. Because people look at this. This. Not just the blackness of, of my skin, but this. I'm not in Western clothing. I'm not in... Because in, some of you you know, feel like, well, you know, racism is a problem, but it don't really show up that much in my life. And then I start looking at what do you look like? What do you do? What is your lifestyle? How, how do you carry yourself? So, so that population that mimicking and mirroring the sitcom and the soap opera and the so-called American dream um, you know, once upon a time, everybody had a cable box. If you were American, everybody had a color TV. If you were, you know, that kind of thing. So when I started dreading my hair and dressing differently, that's when my belief system became a problem for other people. As long as I was wearing fashionable Western clothing, nobody cared about what my belief was. And the assumption was that I believed like everybody else, that I was just like you who uh, Hoodoo, occultism—that I that was just other black men. Um, and I noticed that when I dreaded my hair, started wrapping my hair, started wearing African clothes, even the police don't treat me like regular black men. And, and that might be to my benefit. You know, I come off like a foreigner to them, so I'm not going to be be racially profiled in some instances the way the way the black guy with saggy pants. And the baseball cap might be looked at. They then look at me different. And there have been cases where that has worked to my advantage. It didn't mean that I wasn't aware how racist it was, how prejudiced that it was. And when given the opportunity, I would, you know, don't assume my difference because I got an accent. Don't assume my difference because I dress differently. Don't assume that 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 the the Muslim you know, or the woman with the with the veil over her face, it, it's somehow different than, or less than, or less than what other Westerners, you know, are doing. Forgive the interruption. Someone's always trying to call while we're live on air, um, so some of you could hear clearly what I said. But but the, but the idea that we prejudice people based on what they look like. Um, Wapani are you with me I don't know how much of your story you, you want to share um, Live on air <laughs> But um, Yeah I, I know for a fact That Wapani is treated one way In certain instances And then her husband You know who, who is white Is treated differently And then the knowledge of that You know the husband once being a trucker And then they find out that Oh well you got a black wife the behavior would be different. Am I right, Rafferty?
3: Yeah. Um, he had been on a tow boat for three and a half years before we got together. And when I married him and moved down to Mississippi, I took him to work one day, and they asked who I was, and they said his wife. Well, he got the nigga jokes around him all day. They made him pull a 120-pound tow by himself, rupture the disc, Wrote him up because he wouldn't work after that, we sued them, we won.
1: So it's it's here. But yet,
3: it's a lie. But yet we wanna claim that we got Indian in our family, but it was because they was back in, in the plant in, in backyard on the plantation field playing with our ancestors. But then in public they wanna play with us. That's what I'm saying. This is crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, when I did my DNA...
3: it ain't no Indian in our family. It's because they were touching our ancestors.
1: In most of us, yes. Now, there are some, even I, we we have something like 2% Indigenous Americans in our test. And let me be clear. Indigenous Americans don't always mean Native American. You know, Hmm. the map on Ancestry.com covers the farthest north in North America to the farthest south of the tip of South America when they describe indigenous Americans. Now here recently, in the the most recent update, because these DNA tests get updated every 30 days, every 60 days, every 90 days, when they get more copies in. They now refine the map, Kioma, to Mexico, and a region of southwestern America, so I may very well be Hopi, or or, or, or Tech, or or, or or Natchez, um, or some other I'd indigenous like population. Go ahead, beloved.
3: I'd like to speak on that. Um, Kiana had brought up about you know we all think we're Native American, have it in our background. There's some confusion with that as well. My husband is. He was blonde hair, blue eyes, as white as they get. His grandfather was a black man that his father gave to the uh, Sioux Nation so he wouldn't get sold into slavery. So they changed his name, and he became Johanla or something something like that. I can't remember his name. But uh, we got the records. Creek, he was given to the Florida Creek Nation at the time. And um, people think they have Native American, but it actually can be just white people have black and still be racist.
1: That's
4: right. That's right. And here they are, the so president
3: understand. and racist against Lapani's husband, and he's probably more, have more African in him than the person who actually looks African.
4: Exactly, exactly, because that, we're African what, African.
1: Uh, was, it, was it 12% we're like Scandinavian? Yeah, we're like 85% African, and the remaining portion is, is Scandinavian, uh, Western European. Um. So, so who do occultism, you know, I, I keep going back to we got to look at ourselves. I know some black people who are terrified of Ancestry.com and 23 and me. Because they don't want to know how much white they have in their family. They want, don't really want to know how much Native American is in their family. They don't really want to know how much of a mix that we are. And the reality is that we're all mixed. To some degree, every human has some other ethnic group, has some other admixture, unless your family and your generations have been absolutely isolated. So that there's going to be sort of that admixture. If I had my way, um, everybody in America who got a social security number would have access to a DNA test every time you say them.
3: that about the ancestry I hear that there's power in the blood every time you mention about the ancestry I hear that there's power in the blood and the blood speaks but you won't know you won't be able to hear it if you don't know where it's coming from because you may not know it's language
1: That's because powerful. a lot of our
3: ancestors didn't speak English
1: that's right. I That's said that powerful, yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's right.
3: There's power in the blood. It's power and the blood is going to speak from wherever it is. You can burn the flesh all you want. You can put it in the urn. You can put it in the ground. You can put it wherever. But that blood is going to live forever. So the ancestry reports are powerful because you have to know that bloodline. That's where your power lies.
1: I hear you, Rob Stone. Rob Stone says, um, and I, we appreciate your candid honesty, uh, and particularly because, like me, you're using your real name. Um, Rob Stone is saying that he understands that fear with the DNA test, the history, the lineage that might be attached to that. Uh, he was afraid to find out that he had slave owners in the flood line. Um and, and Rob Stone, that, that's a fear even among Black people that they might find slave owners in their family. You know, would have been incurred on the uh, eastern side of the Atlantic. So that's that's a common and that's a natural fear. I also wanna say you all are running out of time to call me now. Um, I see I'm buffering a little bit on YouTube, so I'm going to say that again. You all are running out of time. If you want to call in, ask a question, comment, have a request, press the number one, Eric code 832. I see you. Press the number one on your telephone keypad, and I'll open your mic. Eric code 832. Well, soul shouldn't be
3: afraid of that.
1: Error we code had A32, congressmen
3: in our family...
1: Is that Kiana or is we that We had congressmen in
3: our family. This is Kiana. I want to say this and I'll, I'll mute myself out. But I was uh, t- uh, trying to say something about Rob Stone. He shouldn't be afraid of that because even during slavery, we had um, our ancestors were congressmen. And so if he looks into it, he could actually look at his, his at his history and see where his where his people come from. And it will actually all make sense. Mm-hmm. So don't let the slave owner deter you.
1: Area 832, who's calling and where are you calling from? Hi, greetings. This is Tonja Bruner from um,
0: Houston, Texas.
3: I'm just calling from a different number. I Bruner. But
1: beloved, um, I, I thought never, it was very on, Beloved, beloved, I never get your first name. I need you to say that again.
3: Oh, Tanja Bruner?
1: Tanja kanja okay tanja
3: yeah t o n j a
1: okay, greetings beloved, go ahead,
3: yes, but um, i was just commenting on what um the ladies were were saying about every most black people want to have some sort of Indian or Indian in their family and it hit home for me because my mom my whole life like she would post pictures of my grandmother up on YouTube on um, Facebook or of herself and she would reference them as you know Indian princess Indian queen blah 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 and this is a grandmother that I've actually been quite estranged from because when my mother got pregnant with me they like put her out the house so she never I never got close to this grandmother but I went out of my way to do so as of late and I remember having a conversation with her, and she was saying, "I said, well, Granny, um, you know, Mom says that we're Indian." And she said, and I said, who, "What's the name of what? Well, who was your what was your mother's name?" She said, "Sally Jones." And then she goes, "Well, um, well, she wasn't Indian. She was Mexican, said, really." She said, "Yeah, she was full-blooded, full-blown Mexican." And it took me aback, like she like he on the said, "It's all gonna make sense because from the moment that I can remember, I've loved." everything that is synonymous with their culture. And I never could understand it because I'm black. I love the food. I love the culture. I've studied it. My birthday is a los Muertos. I speak the language very well and to be a non-Hispanic. And I didn't understand it until she said it and just smacked me in the face. And I was like, what? Full-blown Mexican. And it's crazy that she, my mother, is circulating this because when I went back and told her she said, "Oh, you know your grandmother's oh, She, you know, she don't. She probably don't remember. How are you gonna tell me that she don't remember her mom, mom? But it just goes to show, like the delusion, or the what, what, um, what uh, I can't remember his name said the uh the illusion of inclusion. You know what I'm saying? Where you feel like you're included. And we don't know who we are, so we just want to kind of throw ourselves into any old batch and just say that's what it is. You know what I mean? That's right.
1: That's right. And, and I want to bring up a point too that. You know, when we think about enslaved Africans being brought to the Americas, and particularly North America, and when you examine it from an archaeological perspective, the largest number of slave graves, slave burial sites in North America is in Mexico. And when we talk about this story, when we tell our story, when we talk about enslavement, we talk about the antebellum South, we rarely discuss Mexico in that at all particularly in in relationship to black people i remember when i lived in los angeles uh for a decade uh back in the in the late 80s early 90s um just trying to have that conversation with mexicans was very difficult any notion that they were black or had any connection to the black um i would say seven out of ten times i got a negative response uh, you know about it it's even very few Mexicans that understand their connection to Africans and African culture and of course to to that that time period of slavery and enslavement. Even with yeah, the presence hurt. of the, even with the presence of the Olmec head, you know, which look extremely black. I don't they care who at. yeah, they, they look extremely black. So um yeah, I, I appreciate now Claude. You know, you and, and 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 being aware of that, and, and being aware of that that experience, and keep researching, keep looking, keep filling in. in I the most blanks.
3: definitely will. It, it just hurts because it's like you know a, you're denied an entire facet of yourself. You're like, what? I could I could have been diving in, diving deeper, researching this a long time ago. You know, and we said we were Indians. I didn't feel that. It it don't resonate in my soul. Feathers don't. You know, anything synonymous with the Indian culture, even though it's beautiful, I don't it, don't, it doesn't resonate. And I could never understand it until I came to that realization. So, thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank mm-hmm. you. And, um, again, I invite you to call in the area code eight four five two seven seven nine one four three. Eight four five two seven seven nine one four three. 9143 Block Talk Radio is going to lock down the phone lines. And so anyone who's not already on the phone within the next few minutes will not be able to get on the phone. Um, And and then, of course, the remaining portion of the show will will go into archive, and you can go back later and listen to the show in archive, but but just not doing live. I also invite my live YouTube listeners and participants to continue to type and copy your questions into the chat in all capital letters. So that I can see them and respond to them um, appropriately, and of course, Keona, our moderator, will help me to see your questions or comments uh, a little bit better. Miss um, Green, I do see your comment. I believe if aliens wanted to harm us, they would have done it already, because they are far more advanced than us. And, and I believe and accept that to some degree. Um, how I also consider the idea that they are. Uh, looking forward, looking to the future, looking where we're headed. Um, and so they might be attempting to sort of modify us in some way, which wouldn't require like wiping us off the map, but forcing us to change our direction, our history, our technology, our ways of looking at things, our way of, of looking at our, ourselves, if you will. So, um, I, I believe there's absolute truth. Uh, in what you're saying, uh, that if they wanted to harm us, they could have. But but we don't know that they haven't already. We don't know that they haven't um, implanted a, a, a gene, you know, that opens up like Pandora's box at a particular point in history, at a particular time in history. That's one of the mysteries about uh, COVID-19. Its ability to sort of hide, you know, and and mutate. You know, for fourteen days, for three weeks, without the host having any real symptoms or or limited system symptoms, I'm seeing and hearing people who experience seasonal allergies who are confused right now about whether they are experiencing seasonal allergies or if Miss Rona, you know, has somehow showed up, you know, at their door. So um, we've got to be careful. We've got to be extra careful. We've got to be conscious, extra conscious. We've got to be spiritual, extra spiritual, and continue to literally be clean and wash our hands and, and wash the air and, and, and do the necessary thing to sort of protect our reality. But we've got to start doing the inner work, and that's why I believe we're being to down. We're being asked to be quiet. We're being asked to be patient. We're being asked to be loved, to be creative, to be still, to be safe, to be happy, to be mindful, prayerful, to be conscious, to be aware, to be loved, to be proactive, to be available right now, to be peace, and by all means, stay home, just stay home, and do the work, do the inner work, do the spiritual work right now in this moment while you have the time, while you have the opportunity, but while that window is open, while that vortex is open, those that that move into this will be blessed. Those that address what's happening right now will be blessed. Those that look at themselves right now will be blessed moving forward and will survive this calamity. All of my callers, um, your mics are still open. If you have a question, comment, or request, um, you may very well jump in um, right now and do so. I'm
4: getting just I'm a little bit of background.
3: Gonna to, I'm actually going to have to take my leave. I need to tend to my seedlings. <laughs> so, I appreciate you. you
0: sir.
1: All is the blessing. Yes, thank you. All is a blessing. Peace. If someone has a question or a comment, please hit me now in in the chat or live on the phone, and I'll be more than happy to, to respond to you. I'm going to take a momentary intermission, one minute and 27 seconds, and I will be forward. All is a blessing.
5: Dash of cayenne to the root Gonna put on my Greek, Greek suit Boil a gumbo Hot and steady Don't care if Freddy ready Gone free at that old cemetery Down on on where she's buried The fire on a bayou. When a black cat scratches at two. Under a full moon that's blue. Chant some magic words, Kufaru. A dash of cayenne to the room Gonna put on my Greek grease suit. Black top hat, black suit too, single rod that Moses threw. through. I'm going to get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black shades too. A dash of cayenne to the roof, gone put on my grease. Black top hat Black suit too Same old ride that Moses threw I'm gonna get them bones Out the graveyard for you Can't see my eyes Black shades too Going spray at the old cemetery Down on Claiborne Where she's buried A dash of cayenne to the room gonna put on my green green suit. Yeah, black top hat, black suit too. Same old ride that Moses. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyards for you Can't see my eyes, black sheets too Gonna pray at that old cemetery Down on Claiborne where she's buried A dash of cayenne to the room Gonna put on my grief
6: Rock don't think
7: Indians. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. A sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our hosts, the almost Indians, they pushed aside our hosts. The colonizers came and pushed aside our hosts and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment, but nevertheless, even as slaves, We crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life We beat. We be we was and is hail Congo Square. Congo Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us. Our African gods have not been obliterated, they have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate, a world heralded by the beat, 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 being, beating, being of black heart drums, heart beat, heart beat. Heart, be at this place, at this place, be heart, be, be we, beating place in new world space, beating being in place in new world, preserving our ancient pace, our dance is the God walk, our music, the God talk, first thing we do. Let's get together. Circle ourselves into community. No beginning. No end. Connected together. And singing. Ringing. Singing. In a ring. Second, let's be original. Aboriginal. Be what we were before we... Became what we are, be bambula dance, be bonza music, and sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget, even when we can't remember the specifics. We must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy. Must retain and pass on the essential us that others want to dissipate, whip out of us.
0: Whoa.
7: no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, deep inside us is us, deep inside us is us, remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free, the beat to free us. It is morning, a sun day, a field, a field without shade, but dark, dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades, eclipsing the sun. With our elegance. We, we are centuries later now. And still this sacred ground calls us. To remember. Uh, to beat. To be. We are centuries later now. And still this sacred ground calls us. To remember,
5: to beat, to be, beat
7: Congo Square, be Congo
5: Square.